we are going on it's your boy sage the mark israel wrestling podcast coming to you guys live on a saturday i know i know i'm supposed to have this thing out friday saturday whatever i'm trying guys i'm trying i'm trying i will say this i took last week off because i was just i was trying to figure out and also look at other podcasters uh wrestling podcasters i'm gonna adjust the camera real quick here but i want to also i wanted to kind of see how they were doing in terms of their scheduling and seeing if they were having the same kind of issue that I was having when I was podcasting. So I, I, I'm it's, it's a real struggle because of the way that the, the shows are kind of stretched out. It's just, it's difficult to kind of pin down that one day to podcast. So, um, and it's definitely not ideal to do a podcast on a Saturday when there's a go home show on a Saturday. So that that is even more kind of messed up. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure we adapt. We adapt just like other podcasters. We adapt. That's what we do. That's what we do. Don't forget to check us out at Twitter, twitter.com forward slash or using the at symbol at real WrestleCast. Man, I feel like a new like I haven't been doing this in like ages, man. Uh, Instagram got the Instagram at nope. It's Real Wrestling Podcast, all spelled out on Instagram. Don't forget to hit us up, support your boys at patreon.com, patreon.com uh, forward slash IRWP. We are on YouTube, we're on Mixer. Just search for us, it's Real Wrestling Podcast. You'll find us right away. Don't forget, we got a contest going on right now through the end of the year. Once we hit 500 subscribers, we are going to give away a $50 gift card to Amazon.com. The only way that you could be eligible is if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's Real Wrestling Podcast. Y'all go check it out. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. So that way you get your chance for that $50 gift card to Amazon.com. And without further ado, I don't even know where to start, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know where to start in professional wrestling. Part of me wants to start inside the ring, but there's just as much great stuff. And I say great in the terms of the amount of stuff on the outside of the ring that can be addressed as well. So what I'm going to do is I am going to go ahead and start outside the ring because that's what your boy at IRWP does. Miles Jordan, Miles Jordan, it, it, we had to we had to start here. So for those who don't know, Miles Jordan uh, is one of the uh, roster members on the NXT card. I believe he won the breakout tournament that they had a few weeks out um, for NXT. And excellent, excellent uh, wrestler uh, and performer, uh, in my opinion. Um, but. Out of nowhere, he kind of uh, like like a Randy Orton, Orton RKO. He was posting some cryptic tweets. I mean, I, 
they weren't subtle by any means of the, of the imagination, but he was just going out there, you know, land blasting WWE for coming out with a shirt um, that looked racially insensitive. Um, and for those, you know, who are living under a rock, which I hope it's nobody listen to this podcast. Uh, there's a such thing, a controversy is called blackface. Um, I'm not going to go through the history of it, but essentially it's a, it's a, it's a blackface, big red lips, and white teeth. Um, and Miles Jordan kind of took exception to WWE coming up with a shirt that kind of mimicked, you know, having a black shirt um with with some red it looked like it looked like lips um they weren't defined but they looked like lips and his name miles jordan in all white now to be fair the shirt never ended up hitting the market at least not in that particular iteration i think that there were some superstars that were on instagram showing some pictures of it maybe on a gray background or something like that but from what i've read and researched don't believe that shirt hit the the light of day um so first and foremost i we like we're in 2019 we should there should be levels of checks before these designs actually hit the talent to take a look at uh quality checks is what we used to call them um in my world do quality checks ask yourself the very first question should be asking yourself Right off the bat, is is this design offensive? Now, I'm not all for cancel culture, all right? That, and that's a separate conversation that we can have. I'm not all for cancel culture. I do understand that people make mistakes. Um, but we really should be checking these things with multiple levels of sign-off before presenting it, as well as before getting it out there on the market. Now, um, apparently, Miles, when he saw this design, you know, came out and, and told one of the creative designers that he objected to it, rightfully so, you know, and he felt as though that it was, uh, you know, it was offensive, um, setting people back, and he kind of made a big case about it um, on WWE, came or on Twitter, and came with some receipts, uh, with some screenshots, some email screenshots that he had. Um, so... You know, you know, the machine, the machine goes automatically into uh, damage control, you know, um, and there, lack of a better words, there was some defense coming out saying that, hey, you know, we, we didn't we didn't actually put this shirt out there, which, again, I commend them for not for not actually doing that. But again, something's got to be said about coming up with those designs so i don't want to hark on this too much but again if you're going to come out with a t-shirt for a talent or just in general if you're a t-shirt designer um and not an independent one but a t-shirt designer that you're designing for other people make sure that you get the sign off for them um and make sure it's not racially insensitive i mean we've, we've seen a lot of that in the last two years and it's just it's kind of ridiculous now on the flip side of that Miles kind of went on a little bit of a tirade um, and started accusing people of being Uncle Toms. And uh, I didn't like that too much. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, um, there's enough hate going on in this world. We don't need to be bringing, bringing other people back. And I think it's pretty hypocritical when, you know, you, you're coming out in defense of something for the culture and then you turn around and 
taking the culture out. I just I didn't I didn't like it at all. So we got to be better than that, guys. Like raise our concerns, yes. Um, and there could have been some. Considering that the shirt never made it to the market, one could question whether or not it should have even been brought up because it seemed as though it was already addressed. Neither the gray one or the black shirt one was made it to the market. But in any event, Miles, I was. Gl- I was going to, you know, I was going to bat for you, my man. Here at IRWP, we was going bat for you, brother. But when you call another brother, an Uncle Tom, man, try to bring him down, man. You get the dunce, bro. You're gonna get on that list for the year as a candidate for being the dunce of the year. And once I get a drop, I'm gonna put that down. But yeah, that that that's no bueno, man. We don't we don't do that, man. We don't do that. We got to be better. Um, so I'm gonna move on from that point. But just like I said, let's, let's be better, guys. Let's be better. Uh, we had Crown Jewel happen last week, and boy, oh boy, what a cluster that ended up being. Oh, man. So, you know your boy. I don't watch Crown Jewel, and I won't watch anything produced in Saudi Arabia. Uh, you guys already know my thought process on that. If you watched it, good for you. It's not my cup of tea. Um, till change actually, till change actually happens, you know, then your boy will reconsider. But for the time being... Nah, not not all for that. But I will say this: kudos for putting on a women's match um, that takes guts, um, and I appreciate you know the the change um, and attitude. Um, wasn't too big of a fan of the co- you know covering them up from head to toe, but I get it. It's a, it's a different country. It's a different culture. You got to respect that. Um, sometimes you got to take baby steps before you can walk. So. You know, for everyone that was involved in that process, I say kudos, you know, for that. Um, I heard that uh, Brock Lesnar ended up beating Cain Velasquez in the matter of like two minutes. I think there was even like a running joke going on, which wasn't really a joke. You can actually make a gif of that entire match, which was insane. Um, So and, and now Cain Velasquez is out with a knee injury, so we won't be seeing him. So then I, you know, hark on the point again. What was the point in putting the belt on Brock Lesnar and taking away from 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 uh, Kofi Kingston and making Kofi Kingston have amnesia like the event never happened? Like, I don't get that at all. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever why that even is just a waste of time. I think it's disrespect on Kofi's name and something needs to be done about that. You know, something needs to be done about that. That's just utter disrespect. But I digress. It is what it is. Um, we got a new universal champion, um, with, uh, the fiend and hella excited that the fiend is the, the champ. But again, it's, it's, it's a cluster, man. It's a cluster and we're going to get into it in full. So after the, after the show was all said and done, you know, the talent was going into, uh, to the airport and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you start getting these tweets from the superstars and there were cryptic tweets and I hate to keep you, you know, I should have, I should have reclass or not reclass, reclassify myself and obsolete. Damn. I should have went ahead and, oh man, I, I should have renamed this episode as cryptic. I'm just saying I might do that anyways. Yeah. So you had things like never again, pray for us, brother. 
uh, going on, and nobody knew what the heck was going on. You know, eventually we we got word that there was more than half of the superstars still stuck in Saudi Arabia and had to make the show for SmackDown the next day, and they were in danger of not making the show. And I'm not talking about like a 30-minute delay. Like they were on the plane. On the plane. It was like, you know, 30 minutes goes by, an hour goes by, two hours goes by. You know, we're seeing tweets from uh, wrestlers' family members saying, never, you know, this is the last time you're ever going to do this. We saw, you know, tweets coming out that um, there may have been a hostage situation and that the WWE was, you know, being held hostage. Now, we don't have the full story of what's going on. Um, but what we do know is that 20 talent or is it, is it 20 people from the E went on one plane and they were able to to make it out. Um and then we had the rest of them stuck. Vince McMahon had already taken off before the end of the show is my understanding of everything right there. But um, so apparently, you know, when the bill is due, the bill is due, you know. And uh, allegedly, Vinny Mac had issues that he didn't get paid for his last event that he produced there. So he was he was holding back on producing the show live or, or making it broadcast live in Saudi Arabia. And and the and the prince and the crown took objection to it allegedly, um, so they decided to uh, to uh, cock up this story that the that the plane there's something wrong with the plane. Now, I was born on a day, but it definitely wasn't yesterday. All right. First off, first and foremost, when you when you're grounded and the plane doesn't work like it's supposed to be, you know. It instills anxiety on the people who are on that plane itself. Like, it makes it feel like I shouldn't be on that plane. And my thing is, like, if there was something seriously going on with that with the, with that plane, everyone should have deboarded and got onto another plane and took off. But that, that's my thing, right? But no, they didn't. They didn't get to do that, and it was the only target. This was the only plane in the airport that could not take off. And you're sitting here and you're telling me that there was mechanical errors or, or weather reports. Like, no, man, come on. We we know more than that, man. So it, it sounds like that there was some type type of dispute between the government and Vince McMahon. One was trying to flex the muscle over the other. I look. I was, I was legitimately worried about them. Um, contracts should never involve, like, contract disputes should never involve the well-being of an individual's health and life. And even though that they may not have been in imminent danger, imminent physical danger, like, anxiety and mental issues are just as bad as physical issues are. And I just... This is something that could have been resolved way, way before this event actually took place. And it wasn't. And I blame management solely for that. Now, one can make the argument they knew what they were getting into, but we, we shouldn't be we really shouldn't be thinking that way, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they're, they're entertainers, they're under contract. Yes, that this is what they signed up for, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
they have to be the how do I say they don't have to be the, the they shouldn't be involved in the disputes and the revenge and the disputes like that that's not what it's all about man um and I, you know it is what it is I'm glad that they all got home safe um I, I really do and and I think that the WWE coming out with the press release saying that they're extending their relationship with them like nothing's changed nothing's changed like they already inked the contract years you know last year to extend this thing up to like 2030 so nothing has changed all right that was just excuse me that was just facade that was just fodder to kind of make sure that the uh the stock holders weren't weren't being impacted by it but uh shame on wwe for putting the wrestlers and the talent and the staff in this position um you you got to contact contract disputes there's a right way to handle it and a wrong way for handling it. and as a boss as a boss if you knew that this was an issue as a boss you shouldn't have fled you know what i mean you should have stayed with the ship until until everyone was out safe that is a true leader Putting your interests before your talent, your employees is your person. Like, no, come on, man. That's just that's straight up garbage, man. And this is one of the reasons why there so many people are critical of the WWE. It's just things like this that really get to to people, and it's not a good it's not a good thing, man. I mean, if my God, God forbid, if a family member wanted to join the E, you know. From what from the outside looking in, I'd be telling them, man, there's other opportunities out there, man. They they don't care about you. Don't chase the money. The money will come. Don't chase the money, um, especially for a company that doesn't really care about you. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, I did want to go in like harder in terms of like some of the spin that was coming out from a certain phenomenal one, but um, I, I'm I, I'm gonna digress on that. So, and last but not least, um. You know, speaking of civility, I, I did want to try or I just gave it away. Um, I did want to talk about um, Chris Jericho, uh, specifically, you know, his podcast guest for this week. Um, I didn't listen to it. My own personal decision. Um, and honestly, I, I don't really listen to Chris Jericho's podcast. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. I know Ben Goosen's a, a big fan of him. But uh, I, I got enough time in the day doing other things that I just couldn't get to it. But Chris Jericho got a lot of backlash for having uh, Donald Trump Jr. on his podcast. And um, like I, I'm sitting back and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, like, like, are we seriously going to be like this? Like, seriously? I think that's and this is just my own personal view, guys. Like there's way too much hate going on in the world, and I and I get it. Like I I do. I truly understand the the level of hatred and the level level of uh, disdain uh, that comes with the with with the Trump name. Like I get it. But if we don't test power, um, especially in the in the right way, if we don't listen to each other. Like we can't expect things to change at all. Um, if we just have a, and I, I get it, it might be an unpopular decision, but the shoe were on the other foot. I wouldn't want someone censoring me 
Um, and maybe it's a learning opportunity to me. Maybe Chris Jericho would be that guy. Or maybe you would be that guy to get a whole, put it into different perspective for someone like that. Um, and see where they're coming from as well. And I mean, that's the only way that you're going to go. You're going to get changed. If we're, if we're just sitting here being tribal in our little holes and we're not communicating with each other to understand each other's viewpoints, like nothing's ever, ever going to change. Um, so I get where Chris Jericho was coming. It's a guest. And, you know, you got, you got to, it's just the entertainment field. You got to be entertain, entertaining, but at the same time, you can be critical at the same time. But if you don't test that power, if you don't bring people on to have a contrarian point of view and you don't test them, then how are we expected to be get, get, how do we expect to get better in this society? You let me know. All right. So with that, I'm going to get off my soapbox outside the ring because that's all I have for there. Uh, but let's get inside the ring. Um, so obviously the Saudi Arabia trip thing happened. Um, they were stuck on the, you know, basically in Saudi Arabia for like an additional 14 hours, I think. Um, so they were definitely not the, the roster of SmackDown was not going to make it to um, to SmackDown. Um, so like the roster was completely light. I mean, you had all the women wrestlers there. Um, you had a couple, you know, you had KO. You had Daniel Bryan still stateside, but I mean that that was pretty much it. So a lot of people, you know, was thinking like, "What's going to happen to SmackDown?" Now, I don't think that what happened next was something that was planned. At least not in this capacity. Maybe it would be planned for something in the future, but I don't think that it was planned in this capacity. And this is one of those things where it just it's lightning in a bottle. You know, you have to think quick on your feet. You've got a full roster that works on Wednesdays. Why not bring them out to fill the roster for those who are still there on Friday and create a show? And that's exactly what they did. NXT just run comes in. They run rough shop from the announce table to the to the women's division. Um, they challenged Daniel Bryan. The Miz gets into it with Ciampa. And it was just amazing. And it's it's brilliant from a marketing standpoint as well because you know you have people who are going to want to watch SmackDown just for just for the sake of saying, man, this is going to be crap because they're not going to have anybody want to see what this disaster, what this dumpster fire is actually going to be. Like you actually have people that are like that, which I, I completely understand. But again, that's more eyes on the product. And if you have more eyes on the product, what better way to promote another, like to, to, to promote more people into a brand that's just now getting established to the mainstream than but putting NXT in an invasion angle. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliantly well done. Um, And I I can't wait to see more of this. You know, now we have, uh, now we have war games and then we're going to have survivor series. So it's going to be very, very interesting because um, you know, the reports are, we're going to get, the um, the women from each three of those brands to fight each other uh, the women champions for each brand going to fight each other we're going to get um it was supposed to be Brock Lesnar the Fiend and uh Adam Cole fighting each other as well so it's going to be interesting you know how that's going to play out because now they're i think they might be going a different direction with with the Fiend but you know that 
just just interesting interesting um and then we have the tag teams which looks like the tag team champions are all going to be in the mix from the different three brands and this is something that goose and i used to talk about like two years ago that they should have done like there should have been more integration from the get-go for nxt and the main roster uh, because they truly were their own their own brand it's a different style of wrestling it's a different uh you know, a different philosophy of wrestling. Why not incorporate that more often? Um, and, you know, and they're doing it. So it's better late than never that they're doing it. Um, out of the whole invasion thing, the one that I'm, I like the most right now is Shayna Baszler attacking uh, Bailey. Like, I, I love that. Now, I don't like the fact that Bailey's looking weak, um, but I think that Bailey and Sasha will eventually make their way down to NXT and run rush shot over there as well. Because I mean, after all, it's like Sasha said this week, they, they're or technically it was Bailey said that those are the two who really jump started that division and, you know, put them on the map. So why not go back down there and take, uh, and, and take some L's from other people. So got Ben Goosen there in the chat. What's going on, Ben Goosen? Um, so uh, the fiend. So this week on SmackDown, the fiend decides to attack Daniel Bryan, and now things are starting to come together in terms of his his character development. So if you if we go back, we're starting to see a little bit of a pattern of everyone that he is attacking. Um, everyone on here is someone who is basically beating him in a pay per view match, um, and he's. You know, either he's been bullied by them um, or they've he's been beaten by them multiple times in either a pay-per-view match or on live TV. So the Fiend is basically going back in the mind and correcting all of these wrongs. And I absolutely love it, man. You know, the first one um, that he uh, went after, gosh, I'm, I'm going I'm drawing a blank on it, um, but I can't remember who it was right off the top of my head. But. Attacked him, took him out. Now, the Legends is something completely different. I don't really follow where that story arc is, but I think that we, as time goes on, we'll start to see why exactly that's going on. But then you had Seth Rollins. Um, Seth Rollins and the Shield, you know, taking on the Wyatt family and embarrassing them. Um, the Fiend's got, you know, the, the wheels are turning in the Fiend's mind. He's like, yes, 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 yes. I'm going after you. I'm taking you out. And I'm going to take your title as well. Um, Love it. You know, now he's got Daniel Bryan. And, you know, Daniel Bryan is no stranger to the Wyatt family. And now he's going after them. So I'm expecting in the next six months, we get Matt Hardy. We get uh, Roman Reigns. I would love for The Fiend to jump to AEW one week, like buy a ticket, go in the crowd, and just kind of mock or look at uh, Moxley because, you know, that's that would be the trifecta, but your boy can dream. Um, we were gonna see uh, who else, who else, who else, who else? Um, Dolph Ziggler. Um, like we're gonna see a lot of them. Like we're gonna see a lot of retribution angles, and this is deep. And I love it if they do this and they do it well, which they I, I will give them hats off. They've been doing a great job with the fiend. Um, aside from what happened at uh, the last pay per view, um, which was you know, pretty trash, but I digress. That's how it is. Um, and now, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, AJ Styles did go down to NXT, which I thought that, that was pretty good. Um, 
and uh, you know, run rough shop there. But I, I will say this, man. We we need more integration of NXT. Uh, I am finding myself really, really, truly pulling away from the WWE product. Um, this week, SmackDown wasn't that great. Raw was it was okay, but SmackDown really wasn't that great. They were in London. Um, the the only thing that I could really say hats off on is I love the fact that Sasha has a new theme song. Um, I, I like that evolution and I'm a very strong proponent is if, if a iconic character is either a face or a heel and they go the other direction, I think that everything should change. I think their looks should change. I think their music should change. I think their movesets should either be more aggressive, a little light, more lighthearted, depending on which way they go. And I feel like they're doing a great job with, with doing that whoever's starting like it feels like there's a change of guard going on in the back i'm seeing it i'm noticing it and i like it so great job there guys keep up the good work um but i'm not gonna lie wednesday nights commands my attention and more specifically aew and that's exactly where we're gonna go right now so didn't have a show last week but some of the things that i really enjoyed from last week's episode um was and I know you guys are going to call me crazy. I know you guys are going to call me crazy. Your boy, Sage the Mark, ain't crazy. I enjoy wrestling no matter how zany, crazy it is. I really enjoyed seeing the best friends uh, come out to Rick and Morty and dressed up as Rick, Rick and Morty on my birthday. I enjoyed it. Like, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, Trent really, and this is one thing I love about AEW is like, Every week, like we don't get the same exact people every week or the same exact roster every week, but every week they showcase somebody different and put them in a position, whether they win or lose, they put them in a position to be showcased. And I loved it. Um, last week we had, you know, we, we had uh, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and we had Ka Orange Cassidy and, uh, I, you know, QT Marshall and, and some other cats there i don't remember their names but they it was a great match a great wrestling match from the entire ring as crazy as the look looked and the portals on the ring post like i don't care i thought it was enjoy i saw that match like five or six times i'm enjoying their theme song i think the best friends theme song is probably the best aew song that that they have the greatest aew song but maybe judas maybe is a little bit higher than that but it's right up there they're doing everything great with that. Um, the Moxley pro, pro, uh, promo, uh, both right when the match, or sorry, right when the program started and at the very end was amazing. Um, I, I, God, I love that Moxley is not concerned about his win-loss records. And I love the fact that he has been participating in these matches that don't count towards his record because he just doesn't care about his record. I like the fact that Tony Khan isn't like a on-screen character but more behind the scenes but is acknowledged as part of the show uh, from authoritarian authoritative perspective like i like that it's subtle um it's kind of slowly introducing you into who he is and what he's doing and how he's helping along i like it um I, I just they're doing a great job like the focus on the tag teams this week was you know pretty amazing i like the fact that we went from having uh or not private party but SCU versus the Lucha Brothers um to fight out at full gear to giving a 
second chance to another tag team, which we had the Dark Order and Private Party. And anytime you got Private Party on the show, whether it's AEW Dark or whether it's uh, on the main show, I just love it. Like, I love it. Private Party is great, man. Like I said, they remind me, um, they remind me of Harlem Heat, just the smaller version of them. And, uh, but both of them can fully go. And I, and I like it, man. Um, yeah, they're a little spotty, but I don't care. I, like, I don't. And, like, when I see them set up the gin and juice, I ain't gonna lie. Your boy Sage the Mark is excited. I'm, I'm sitting there going, yes, gin and juice, gin and juice. And hits the gin and juice. I'm good, man. We, like, we good. So, like, keep up the good work, man. But Private Party ended up winning. Um, I know that they're probably gonna end up eating the pen, um, at the, the pay per view. Um, but I do, I want them to win. Like, they're going to be there to me. They're the Billy Kidman of AEW. Like that's the person that you just watched for years and years and years who almost get it, but don't get it. And then that one time that they get it, it's just going to be something completely special. Um, so yeah, they're quickly becoming my favorite, um, right behind Darby Allen, um, uh, which I will say that I'm, I was a little surprised that I don't think Darby Allen was on last week, but, um, he was, I think he was maybe on AEW. Dark. Yeah, he was on AEW Dark this week, um, which I enjoyed. Anytime you have Darby Allen, that's great. Um, and I like, and I'm, I'm enjoying the undeniable, like the whole undeniable thing on AEW Dark as well. Um, this week they had uh, MJF on there. If you guys haven't seen that, it's great. It's it's basically a uh, behind the scenes and a more in-depth character development for for the for the wrestlers or for the talent. Um, sometimes they have referees on there, stage producers, and then they, you know this week they they actually had MJF, and I enjoyed the story, regardless if it's true or not. I really do enjoy the stories that they put on. So um, this week we also saw an improvement in the women's division, which is a, your boy's been saying that for the last couple of weeks. We need. Better, you know, not better. I shouldn't say that. That's not nice. Uh, we need more representation in the women's division. Um, and this week we got it. Uh, we got Big Swole, uh, Arrow Monroe. And for those who don't know, she, you know, that's Cedric Alexander's wife. And uh, yeah, she, I. then we had Mercedes Martinez, which I've been saying for weeks. We need to get Mercedes Martinez on here. Um, it was... Uh, we had Brie Priestley, I think, was also tagging in this one. Um, this match was kind of all over the place. I'm not going to lie. Um, you could tell... Uh, you, you could tell that that they weren't... Worked, like, they've never really worked extensively together. I think it was Ali and Shayna um, together versus um, Ariel Monroe. And and I'm, I'm, I might be mixing up for AEW Dark, but... Um, but yeah, like I, I am, that was the AEW dark match, <laughs> but I digress. It was this week. So, um, I, is, I, I'm not going to take this against the ladies as they go, as they fight each other more often, you know, it'll get better. I just like the fact that we're actually getting like more ladies in the division, uh, whether it's on a short term basis or whether it's on a long term basis. I just like the fact that we are actually getting to see them. Um, love it. Uh, we had Riho um, in a tag team match this week um, against um, her 
opponent, Sakura, and I'm trying to remember who her partner was, um, but it's escaping me. Um, this match was actually pretty good. I really enjoyed the match. I mean, I'm not surprised, but the match was actually pretty good. Sakura actually ended up pinning Riho, uh, which was pretty interesting considering like it's the reverse of how WWE does it. The When the champion gets pinned, you know, that person automatically gets a title shot. But in this case, she already had the title shot. So um, just thought that that was pretty interesting uh, turn of events on there. We had Pac and Hangman Page duo. No. We had Pac and Trent uh, have a match this week. And, man, this match was amazing. I mean, this match flew by. And it was a pretty lengthy match. And it really flew by. And I'm telling you, man, Trent and and Chuck Taylor and best friends, like, they, I like them. Like, I, I do. Like, I, I, I'm enjoying them. They're very charismatic. Um, it's like they're happy to be there. They enjoy being there. And um, I like it, man. I think that they do I think they do good work. I just, I do. And, you know, am I, am I a mark for saying that? Yeah, perhaps. But, man, keep up the good work. But um, the finish, you know, was kind of weird. It seemed as though when Pac hit the, the black arrow, he was supposed to pin him one, two, and then pick him up. But maybe he had forgot the spot. The ref was like, one, two. And <laughs> he should have counted three, granted. But I think the ref knew what the spot was. And if the ref forgot to tell Pac, you know, that's something completely different. And I know people were harping on that, but I'm going to say this, guys. Everyone makes mistakes in what they do in their work. And people f- forget things because there's just when you're putting on performance or when you're doing your best work, sometimes you leave some details out. But shouldn't be overly critical about it. It just it happens. And to blame the referee is just crazy like you everyone gives the refs especially aew so much grief man and they just they're doing they're they're living their best life and they're just having fun and they're part of the show and i don't care man i like i like that the the refs are so lax and they're kind of nick patrick ish without actually getting involved like i i like that aspect of them and i think that they do a good job let's just cut let's just cut them some slack guys please please your boys say the market saying cut them some slack and then uh I you know, not gonna hark on it too much, but I'm gonna say still another week with no sunny kiss on the main roster. Why? Alright. Why? Uh alright, so the last but not least, probably the best part of AEW this week, and I enjoyed I you know I put them together because I can't tell you which one I like more than the other because they were just both great. Cody Cody Rhodes cut a promo in the ring. And his promo was great. He basically said that, I'm going to tell you this, guys. If I don't beat Chris Jericho for that title, I'm done. I'm not going to challenge for the for the world title ever again. Now, why would he do this, right? Take a sip of tea here. Let me spill the beans for you guys. Cody has never been a world heavyweight champion. And this is one of the things that his character you know, desires the most, like, this is what makes him, once, this is what makes him feel desirable, is for him to be able to win the title, and I like that, like, that, it's not Cody booking himself to win, it's Cody's character putting everything on the line so that he could be the champion, I like that, like, I, I think that that's great, I think that that's amazing, and uh, I like the promo, the promo felt like it came from the heart, you know, he was 
very passionate about the way that he felt about wrestling and about people getting opportunities and and whatnot and uh you know and i wish him all the best man i mean i'm not pulling for him but i will say this as great as his promo was chris jericho did something i just never like this dude just completely this is why he is the goat and no pun intended i'm gonna tell you why uh, like he truly is like he's great he's greatness man and how like the way that everyone involved in this thing, it just, oh man, I am marking out right now, guys. All right. So Chris Jericho puts on like this vignette. It had just like, it started out with him at a table, just kind of contemplating life. And uh, Sammy Guevara, Guevara, sorry, you know, had some bubbly and was saying, hey, which one do you want, Chris? And, uh, you know, Sammy made a, a, a decision, a recommendation. And Chris gets up and, and kisses him on the <laughs> on the forehead and just walks away and says, that's fine. And I'm like, yo, this dude, what, what is this dude doing? I didn't understand what was going on at first. But then he had these interviews. He had Sammy Guevara saying, hey, you know, Chris Jericho is, you know, he's great. He's like a father figure to me. And uh, Cody better watch out because uh, with Chris Jericho's focus, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's in the zone. So from there, you know, you, you see him walking and, and doing exercises. And then you, you see some other in, cameo interviews uh, from the inner circle. You know, we had uh, Santana telling, uh, saying that Chris Jericho, um, he, he, I don't know what he said, a dead ass. Like, who's going who's, who's gonna to beat Chris Jericho? Who, who's, you know, who's the greatest of all time and, and the greatest heavyweight champion of all time? Dead ass, Chris Jericho. He's going to get you, coach. Like, I enjoyed that. I'm just, man, I'm just enjoying it. And, and then uh, Ortiz comes out and says, man, you're Chris Jericho's a man and you're just a boy. You don't even have chest hairs. I'm like, yo, these guys is going in clowning. And then all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, we get Soul Train Jones. Soul Train Jones. Who is Soul Train Jones? Soul Train Jones is Virgil. WWE Virgil. Man, Virgil. Coming out there and saying, I don't know, I don't know about farms. I don't know a lot about farms, but I know that Chris Jericho is the goat, and his potential is just like the Olive Garden <laughs> breadsticks, unlimited. I about lost my shit. <laughs> I ain't gonna go lie. I lost my shit when I heard that. I thought that was that was like the funniest thing I ever heard in my entire life, man. And then they had uh, Chris Jericho's aunt's best friend from church coming out saying that, that he's going to kick Cody's ass. And, yo, I love it, man. If you guys haven't seen that, y'all need to go out. You need to go on YouTube. You need to search for that. You got to see that. You, you got to be blessed. Be blessed. Watch that. It was great. AEW pulls out another banger for me, man. I'm enjoying everything that they do. Every week for me, they're getting better. Um, I like the fact that they are transitioning different people every week to be spotlighted i love it i love it um i think we got you know more attention to the women's division more eyes on the tag team division storylines away from the belt like Pac and and kenny omega and mox having like a lights out match at the pay-per-view like i love it like i i absolutely love it just keep up the good work guys keep up the good work all right, so let's do, without further ado, I got something special for you guys. I got something special for you guys. You might only be able to hear this on YouTube and see this on YouTube. I put a little, I put a little, uh, how do I say, it? segment together for you guys. It's not complete. All right, so it's kind of like a, 
a beta test run for you guys for our predictions. So without being said, you know, let's let's get in to the predictions for AEW 2019 full gear. Alright, 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 alright. It's time to go through the predictions. Woo! It's time to go through the predictions. Alright. That's a little something I put together for you guys. I thought that that would be pretty cool to, to actually execute. Damn! That's how we do it, baby. Long live the king, baby. Alright. So, the buy-in. I think this is AEW's version of the, the, the pre-show. Uh, we got Britt Baker versus Bree Peasley uh, coming out here. So, I want to uh, first come out and say that Bree Baker also had one of the greatest promo packages of, uh, of, of AEW history right now. I absolutely loved it. Um, and, uh, was it the Fight for the Fallen pay-per-view? Brie Baker took a concussion to the back of the head uh, from Brie Priestley. That's kind of where this feud kind of started here. And I love the fact that she came out and said, yo, kayfabe aside, yo, when a wrestler gets hurt, it's customary for the person who did the injury to come out and say they're sorry. And Brie Priestley is a piece of boop because she didn't even take the, the time to say that she was sorry or check on my well-being. I could only look out of one eye. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love the intensity. The I, I love the fact that they were showcasing, you know, the moves on both sides, promo packages on both sides um, in her package. I loved it. Um, I also love the fact uh, that I, I Britt Baker has the best move, uh, the best finisher in, in in wrestling. You know, at least it's in the top three, in my opinion. If not, it's the best one. I love it. And I. I said this on social media this week. I want Britt Baker to, to be heel. I think her heel run is going to be like flipping amazing. When she puts them in the chicken wing or the, yeah, I think it's the chicken wing. Well, whatever. But she, she, when she set her up for the move, she has, you know, the, the arms all the way in the back. She pulls out her hand like, like she's putting on gloves. And then she puts on the lock jaw. And I love it. Like the way her facial expression is when she hits it. Like when she's about to do it, oh my goodness! Like for me, yo, th that that's that's a heel right there. That's a Jennifer, gen you know, a, a heel, like a genuine heel kind of move, and I love it. You know, she puts that mandible claw on and just like pulls. I love it, man. Uh, Brie Priestley, very physical. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if we are. Uh, how do I say? I don't know where we go from here after Brie Peasley. 
I want Britt Baker to win this one so much. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I want her to win so much, but I think that for her, her story is going to be the transition from good to the transition of evil. So I'm going to actually take Brie Priestley to win this one. I know that's going to be a shocker. Um, but I think that that's where you tell the story for Britt Baker. And shout out to, uh, to you know, we we actually had another, two other women that debuted this week as well. And I, I completely forgot about it. And uh, But yeah, man, their women's division is doing great. Doing great. Uh, next up, we have Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Now, this feud actually started on AEW Dark. Um, and actually it was probably even like a little bit further than that where Joey Janela kind of disrespected, uh, Tully Blanchard and, um, and Sean Spears, you know, ended up taking, you know, taking exception to that after Joey Janela's match, which was amazing. It was a tag team match on AEW dark, um, with Jimmy Havoc and, uh, very physical, physical match. They actually ended up eked out the victory, which was pretty cool, but it was great. Like, I like this, like. For weeks, I've been wondering where where does Sean Spears go from here? And Sean Spears is just a dominant beast, man. And I forgot to even mention, he had a match against Nakazawa on AEW Dark. And as, as zany as it was, it was really fun to watch Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears kind of be both silly and serious at the same time, which I, I love. It's one of the reasons why I love wrestling so much. I'm going to take... Sean Spears to win this one here. Obviously, they are gearing him up towards mid-card. Once they come out with the belt for mid-card, I think that Sean Spears is going to be right there. He'll be teetering between mid-card and heavyweight. And Joey Janela, like, there's, you know, so our boys at uh, Marked Out Wrestling kind of made a good point this week. And, like, they don't know what to do with Joey Janela right now. Like, he's just kind of, like, flinging it. Um, and until they tweak his character a little bit more, like he's missing something. And as soon as they fix it, it's all to the races. Like his wrestling and his Ackerman is great. Aside from the backyard hardcore wrestling kind of stuff, like he he's really good. Like he's really good in the ring. It's just they gotta they gotta tweak they gotta tweak something. Just they gotta tweak something. So, anyways, Sean Spears for the win on this one. Let's go to the next card. Hangman Page versus Pac. This is going to be a really good match. I definitely am going to enjoy it. Um, not too much um, interested in the match, but not going to be surprised that Pac's going to win this one here. I think like Britt Baker, Hangman Page's character development or arc is going to be when he turns heel. Um, I think that that's what his character needs right now. It feels like he's trying to play that neutral character, but it's... To me, something is just kind of missing for him, from him right now. Like, he's got the crowd's attention. I enjoy it. Um, I like his movesets, but it's just he's not. His feuds are just kind of falling flat, in my opinion. And um, I'm hoping it gets fixed because uh, Heyman Page is he's really, really good, man. Uh, but got Pac for the win on this one, guys. Pac wins. All right, the tag team champions, AEW World Tag Team Champions. We got the Lucha Brothers. We got Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian and SCU. We got the Private Party. And oh my goodness, this match is probably the one that I am excited about the most. Um, all six of these men can go. 
Um, they have really, really, really put AEW on the map with their wrestling in the last four weeks. I want Private Party to win so much, but I think that they're going to be the ones who ends up eating the pen on this one here. I think it's too soon to switch titles. Uh, wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Lucha Brothers take this one here. But I am going to go with SCU for retaining the titles for their first title defense. So I'd, SCU for the win, guys. SCU. Next on the card, we got Riho and Emi Sakura for the AEW Women's World Championship. Oh, my goodness. I I am really excited about this one here. We don't have enough face wrestlers right now for Sakura to make Sakura to make to really win with this title. And I feel like it's way, way too soon for Riho to be dropping this title at all. So I'm going to go with Riho from winning. I'm not going to be surprised if Sakura gets this one, but I feel like Riho, there's still so much more she can do. I think that Riho, uh, Riho's, uh, her stopping block was going to be Awesome Kong. Like, I think that once they position her against Awesome Kong, I think that that's where, where Riho's uh, championship reign ends. Future booking, I get it. I just I kind of feel like that's how it's going to roll. Next up, uh, Proud and Powerful, Ortiz and Santana versus the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson. Oh, my gosh. This match is going to be off the chain. The promo packages have been great. I love the fact that uh, during the Best Friends match, uh, after the Best Friends won uh, two weeks ago, that Proud and Powerful dressed up as Rick and Morty and attacked the Young Bucks. Love that synergy. Thought that was pretty amazing. Very hard to see who wins this one. I want Proud and Powerful to win. I do. And you know your boy likes heel wrestlers, but I... This is, you know, this is going to be their first second match, I believe, at AEW. Like, second official match on AEW. I don't think that they take the the L on this one here. Uh, the Young Bucks can afford to put people over, you know. They they just can. So, I'm going to go proud and powerful for the win, guys, on this one. All right, here we go. Cody Rhodes versus Chris Le Champion. Jericho greatest of all time go youngest wrestler or youngest aew wrestler of all time aew world championship on the line all right so the stipulation for this match again guys uh, just to repeat cody loses this match he will no longer be eligible to fight for the aew world championship ever again now when you get that stipulation when you hear that stipulation you automatically go to oh cody's gonna win this title um I don't think he's going to win this title, but I don't think this is going to be a loss that's going to actually count against them either. Um, like, the easy booking would be for the inner circle to come in and attack Cody um, and then just kind of have this thing, like, pulled out for, like, another week or another month or so. Um, but I would like, I would like for J- MJF to get involved in this match and to take out Cody Rhodes. Um, reason being, like he's a heel wrestler, but he he's a heel only when he's not with Cody. And I think that a story arc between MJF and Cody, like MJF being too ambitious for his own good, will go a long way. Chris Jericho can go and fight another day. Chris Jericho needs to be the champion until the new year. Um, just period. 
Like he just he needs to be the champion for the year. Like he's he's great. <laughs> he's great. That's all I can say about that. Um once he starts going on his little tours and stuff like that, you'll see less of Chris Jericho and the title will probably frequently change hands here and there until Chris Jericho gets it back. That's what your boy Sage the Mark says. I know y'all hate it, but you know, long live the king. Let's go. And then finally, we get John Moxley, the Mox, the master of the the Devil Driver, the Lucille, the Lunatic Friends, the Moxley, the Mox versus Kenny Mega Man Omega. Yes, I am excited for this match as well. It's a lights out match, guys, which means it will be the final match of the night. Anything goes, no holds bars, cannot be stopped for anything other than a pen or submission, and does not count against anyone's win or loss record. I'm excited for this. This is going to be very, very good, very, very well put together. I think John Moxley is going to end up winning this one here. I know that Kenny Omega has somewhat of a losing record. Yeah, Moxley's going to win. He's got to. Like, it's just, it makes more sense. I could see Moxley actually taking the belt off of Jericho at some point. Yeah, I think that that might end up happening. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be a good match, guys. We got the cleaner versus Lucille with the bar bat. It's going to be good. It's going to be nothing short of amazing. And I I think that's going to be a good card, man. It it comes out today uh, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'm I'm interested to see what the pay-per-view buys looks like. I am actually going to buy this one. Believe it or not, I am actually going to buy this one. But I will say this. At some point, AEW is going to need to switch to the to the subscription-based model. And um, I will say this. I will probably, most likely, drop WWE subscription for an AEW subscription if they ever if they ever go that way. I think at this point, in this juncture, I've seen enough to know that AEW is my show. It just... I enjoy it so much more than I enjoy WWE's, uh, for exception of a couple of uh, feuds and things like that. Um, but they got me, you know, they, they got me, and um, I like it, guys. I, I do. I enjoy it, and I, I'm curious to know if you guys enjoy it. Like, how? I want to hear from you guys. Like, how do you think W or AEW has done this far this last four weeks, and and their pay per views? Are you going to be buying them? Let me know how you guys feel about that because I definitely would be interested to see how it translates out there um, to the audience. But uh, with that being said, guys, that's the show this week. I really, really appreciate you guys continuing to tune in, listen to your boys at IRWP. It's Real Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Real WrestleCast on Twitter. It's Real Wrestling Podcast, all spelled out on Instagram. You can hit us up IRWP.com or on Patreon. Support your boys at Patreon.com forward slash IRWP. We're there. Don't forget, we got a contest going on. Right now, we're at 230 subscriptions on YouTube. Help us get to 500, and you may win an opportunity to get a $50 gift card to Amazon.com. I'm trying to give it away, guys. Can't give it away without your help. So take everything I said and just, just be happy. Be merry. Be great. Uh, be respectful. Uh, as Goose would say, go see a wrestling fan. Go talk to a wrestling fan. Introduce yourself. You might have more in common than you think. Um, division is never the way guys y'all know the drill keep it real